Hello, we're up to numbers 12. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Cushite woman whom he had married, for he had married a Cushite woman. They said, has Yahweh indeed spoken only with Moses? Hasn't he also spoken with us? And Yahweh heard it. Now, the man Moses was very humble, more than all the men who were on the surface of the earth. Yahweh spoke suddenly to Moses, to Aaron and to Miriam, you three, come out to the tent of meeting. <laughs> the three of them came out. Yahweh came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the door of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam and they both came forward. He said, now hear my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, Yahweh, will make myself known to him in a vision. I will speak with him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so. He is faithful in all my house. With him I will speak mouth to mouth, even plainly, and not in riddles. And he shall see Yahweh's form. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant, against Moses? Yahweh's anger burned against them, and he departed. The cloud departed from over the tent, and behold, Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. Aaron looked at Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Aaron said to Moses, O my Lord, please don't count this sin against us, in which we have done foolishly, and in which we have sinned. Let her not, I pray, be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he comes out of his mother's womb. Moses cried to Yahweh, saying, Heal her, God, I beg you. Yahweh said to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, shouldn't she be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut up outside the camp seven days, and after that she shall be brought in again. Miriam was shut up outside of the camp seven days, and the people didn't travel until Miriam was brought in again. Afterward, the people travelled from Hazaroth and encamped in the wilderness of Paran. It's an interesting chapter. <laughs> so we've had lots of chapters where people have grumbled and complained, and there's going to be more after this one. But here we've got Moses' own brother and sister. They basically look at Moses and they complain, and they say, has not God spoken through us too? They're trying to, to feel that they're equal with Moses. And part of it is they want to put Moses down. Some people, it's not enough to just try to get themselves up. They want to pull the other person down as well, and they do. And it says that they spoke against him because of his Cushite wife. So Cush, or the land of Cush, is Ethiopia. In the Bible, it doesn't say Ethiopia. It just says Cush. So Moses had this Ethiopian wife. And a lot of people, um, some people think the Bible's confused at this point. They think that, no, Moses' wife was uh, Zephorah, from Midian. She's not an Ethiopian, and so they think the Bible's made a mistake here. They're wrong. <laughs> uh, Moses actually had a previous wife to Zephora. And if you, I, I only discovered this when I was reading Josephus last year. I've got this goal to read the whole of Josephus, and I'm, I'm about halfway through the Book of Antiquities, and that's a huge book. But I discovered that Moses, when he was still living in the land of Egypt, when he was still a prince um, of Pharaoh's, he had married this Ethiopian woman, and her name was Tharpa. Um, different, different ancient documents give her different names, but Josephus called her Tharpa. And um, she was a princess of Cush, or 
of um, you know Ethiopia. And Moses had actually gone on a military campaign on behalf of Pharaoh and had actually conquered uh, the land of Kosh, or at least he'd, he'd won that battle that he was sent out to win. And part of the spoils was marrying this woman. But apparently he never actually lived with her. Uh, she had her own gods, like the land of Ethiopia had its own gods, its own religion. Moses didn't want anything to do with it. And apparently, according to Josephus, she pleaded with him to come and live with her. He, she wanted to, to make the marriage a real one, but for Moses it was just a political one. And, and anyway, it's, it's made an appearance here in Numbers chapter 12. It says that, they, that Mir Miriam and Aaron complained about Moses' Cushite wife because he'd married a Cushite. Moses doesn't tell us any more about it. <laughs> Remember, he's writing this. And um, so somehow in this, Moses' brother and sister are complaining against him, saying he's done some things which he should not have done. And they're using it to try to say, has God, God spoken through us as well? You know, we're just at least as important as you. And it says Yahweh heard it. God heard that. And he says he immediately spoke to them and said, all three of you, do the tender meeting. So it sounds like a parent trying to sort out the children. And, it, and then Moses writes something very interesting about himself. He talks in the third person and he says, now Moses was a very humble man, the most humble on the face of the earth. <laughs> and um, some people think that Moses couldn't have written that because you couldn't write about yourself and still be humble. Some people just think that's a very curious thing for Moses to say about himself and they think that maybe he was exaggerating his, his humility but I don't. I don't think he was exaggerating his humility at all. I think Moses, when he said that he was the most humble person on the face of the earth, he meant it. And I think it takes a truly humble person to be able to say something like that about yourself. And um, of course, a proud person could say that about themselves too, and it'd be wrong. But a, a truly humble person could say that and be sincere. One of the problems that we have is that we don't really understand what humility is. We think humility is the opposite of being proud. And by proud, we think that someone's, you know, they think they're so important, they're so special, that everyone ought to give them attention. That's, that's an element of pride. But true humility, the way that I've come to understand it, is, is a recognition that we need God. If you have recognized that you're so totally dependent on God, then you've come into a place of humility. And so that's why humility um, is a means of grace because the Bible says God opposes the proud because they think there's something about themselves, but he gives grace to the humble. When a person comes to God and they says, oh, I can't do this on my own, I need your help, that person is aware of their dependency. And so that's why they receive grace. But a person who's proud can't see their dependency. They think too much of themselves or they're blinded to their own weaknesses. And so when a person truly knows how dependent they are on God, they can say so. And that's what Moses is saying right here. He's saying that he was the most humble person on the face of the earth. Moses knew how much he needed God's help. He couldn't lead this group of millions of people uh, he couldn't have done all the things he did, the plagues. He knew that it wasn't him. And he didn't, hadn't become proud of the fact that these miracles were happening through him because he knew he hadn't caused them. So Moses was speaking truthfully. And uh, it all, this passage always reminds me 
to say to the Lord, Lord, I need you. Nothing good can happen unless you do it through me or you do it for me. And so these passages in the Bible that talk about humility, and especially this one, they cause me to cry out to the Lord and say, God, help. I'm dependent on you. Now, why was God so angry with, with Aaron and Miriam? He was, really, he was really annoyed. And he ended up putting leprosy all over Miriam. And he didn't cause Aaron to be leprous because Aaron was the, the way I understand it, is that Aaron was the high priest, that he couldn't afford to become unclean because it would have messed up his role you know, in serving the people. And he wouldn't have been allowed to go into the, the tabernacle. And we've learned about all these rules about cleanliness and uncleanliness. But Miriam, she, um, she received leprosy and Aaron was aware that he probably should have received it too. And they cried out to God and were immediately humble and were immediately repentant and they were able to sort it out and move on. Which This is quite different to some of the other children of Israel who complained but weren't repentant, and God ended up punishing them and destroying them. We're going to read about that in some of the chapters that are to come. So this, this I think that the reason why Moses, why God was so angry when they complained about Moses was because they're effectively complaining about him. When we complain about a leader someone that's over us in the Lord, that's someone that's there, that the Lord has put there. So we're complaining about the Lord. We're complaining about his wisdom. We're saying that he doesn't know what he's doing. Now, it's true that people who are over us in the Lord are people and they have their faults. Moses definitely had faults and we find them in the Bible. For example, when God called Moses, he complained and didn't want to go when he gave excuse after excuse after excuse, five rounds of excuses, until eventually God was angry with him and forced him to go. There's other things that Moses has done which, which demonstrate that he was a weak human being. And that's the reason why Moses was humble, because he knew he was a weak human being. But when they complained against Moses, God took it as a personal complaint against him. And that's why we should never grumble and complain against our leaders. Now, I'm aware that I'm a leader and that there are people in the church here and that I'm a human being and I make faults and I, I do things sometimes just out of my natural abilities and sometimes I make mistakes. I know all of that is true. And, um, but, you know, and because we're all human and we're, we're trying to work together to serve the Lord, but when a person grumbles and complains against their leader, like someone might complain against me, the Lord takes it very personally. It's the same with our parents. When we grumble and complain against our parents, the Lord takes it personally too. The Bible tells us to honour our parents. So there's something about our attitude towards our leaders that reflects on ourselves and how we are to be treated. So this whole chapter is actually a great lesson in the need for humility and for appreciation. So here's my question for you. Imagine if the people of Israel instead of grumbling and complaining about Moses, had been thankful for Moses. Imagine if Miriam, Miriam and Aaron had a bit more of an even level you know, impression of how things really were, and they had thanked the Lord for Moses, for their brother. Lord, thank you for bringing him along. Thank you for using him. Thank you for using him to deliver us from Egypt. What would have been the result of that? Well, we don't know. That's not how the story went, but we... I'm almost certain, I'm 100% certain, that great, wonderful, good things would have come out of it. For starters, that people would have loved and appreciated 
each other a whole lot more. And in the body of Christ today, it's true that sometimes we have leaders with faults. Sometimes we have leaders with big faults. But sometimes the leaders are just doing things that they think they're supposed to do. They think God's leading them to do. And we just sincerely disagree. Rather than complaining, let's thank the Lord for our leaders. And let's see what great good can come out of that. Heavenly Father, I ask you to bless. Bless everyone listening today. Give us the grace to be more like Moses with his humility and less like Aaron and Miriam in this moment at least. And Heavenly Father, help us to be people who, are, who recognize our dependence on you and are able to lean on you for your support and your help at each and every moment. In Jesus' name, amen.